We may have passed the winter solstice here in Canberra, but we're likely to experience a few more sub-zero mornings and nights before we hit spring. So we thought we'd answer a timely question about heating. It comes from Don Fletcher. Don wrote to us about the Geoscience Building, which he'd heard was heated by geothermal energy. He wanted to know, why aren't other large Canberra buildings using the same technology? You're listening to Curious Canberra. I'm Sonia G. Curious Canberra is a series where you can send a question to the newsroom and have it answered by an ABC reporter. Today I'm catching up with digital journalist Jordan Hayne, who's been looking into Don's question. Jordan, this question stood out to us because it was very specific. So what can you tell me about Don, our questioner? How did he even arrive at this question? Well, Don's the kind of guy who's very interested in things like Australia's energy future and how we can better embrace renewables and stuff like that. And I think it had been something that had been on his mind for a while. And he just happened across a couple of other curious Canberra stories and decided to submit his question, which was all about the heating system at Geoscience Australia, which doesn't use gas. It doesn't use electricity. Instead, it uses pipes in the ground, which circulate water down deep enough to warm the building. What I was really interested in was that the world desperately needs alternatives to fossil fuels and all sorts of people have problems with um, things like wind farms and solar farms. The ACT government shifted a site because of people not liking the look of them and they are also intermittent. Nuclear is a bit scary for Australia to tap into, I think, yet. And here we've got another supply of heat that's constant. It's um, continuous, it's free, it's clean, there's no surface infrastructure to speak of. It sounds wonderful. He sounds really passionate about it. Is he involved in any kind of environmental advocacy or is he involved in you know, the energy industry or he's just super curious? I think he's just a very curious guy. He worked for the ACT government as an ecologist, but he was much more focused on animal management than he was on energy or anything like this. So he really did come at it with an outsider's perspective. So he was really excited to come along with me to Geoscience Australia and to learn more about the system. So when we got there, we were greeted by two experts in the field. We had Hannah Slattery, who uh, works in the property division and knows a lot about the specific system there. And so she took us down to the sort of basement, the subterranean area of the building and told us a little bit more about how the system works. So we are circulating water through what's called a geothermal heat loop down through the boreholes. There are 350 boreholes below the Earth's surface and back up through the building. Uh, then we circulate it through individual heat pump systems. That essentially transfers the temperature into the air and then circulates that warm or cool air, depending on the time of year, through the office areas of the building. What Hannah described, is that geothermal energy? Don and I approached it as if it were, but when we got there we were surprised to learn that it's a little bit more nuanced than that. This particular system uses ambient temperatures within the ground, because believe it or not, just underneath our feet, about a couple of metres already, all the air temperatures influence is pretty much gone. It's just an ambient temperature, depending on how deep you are, between about 12 and 17 degrees. And that was really clearly illustrated when we spoke to the other person from Geoscience Australia, who's a geoscientist, Anthony Budd. He's worked specifically in the geothermal sector, and so he was able to really clearly illustrate the difference for us. This sort of system, a geo-exchange system, isn't really what I call a geothermal system, because 
What it does, we're just taking an average annual ground temperature. There's no extra heat from deeper within the earth coming into that system. It's just a balanced system across the year. Heat in, heat out. Whereas a, um, a geothermal system that most people might think about, say for example, that you might see in Iceland or New Zealand, that's where that you're at a place in the Earth's crust where there's a very high geothermal gradient. There's a concentration of heat coming out at the Earth's surface at that point. And there you're using that heat's energy to do work. So there's a pretty big difference in concepts there. Can I ask, in both of those interviews underground, there's this funny kind of high-pitched sound. What is that? We were doing those interviews uh, just outside the plant room with uh, pipes from the geothermal system going literally over our heads. Because that water is constantly circulating between the ground level and then deeper below and it's being pumped through in a constant loop, I wouldn't be surprised if it was something to do with powering that and making sure that that water is constantly in motion. So Don had kind of two parts to this question. The first part was, you know, he wanted to know about the geoscience building. But he also wanted to know why we didn't have other large buildings in Canberra using the same technology. Do we or is it quite a rare thing? Certainly in Canberra, my understanding is that geoscience is the only large building like that. The rarity of... relative rarity of this system really comes down to two things. That's cost and climate. On the cost side of things, it's got quite a high upfront cost to install, particularly at a place like Geoscience Australia, where they're drilling 100 metres into the earth. The second part of the question is climate. These systems work best in places like Canberra, where we have cold winters and hot summers, and the earth can be used as a happy medium. But for a lot of Australia, that's not the case. A lot of Australia simply doesn't get cold enough to make it efficient, which means that the necessary research and development hasn't really happened, and there's just not enough skilled labour to make it really a widespread thing. So that's something that was sort of reinforced when I went out to Barrel in New South Wales, where one of these systems was being installed in a residential home that was being constructed. And I spoke to a guy called Tui Smith, who is a YAS businessman and one of the only people in the region who installs these sorts of systems. Classically, you know, in Australia, we have had low energy costs and we've seen a, a massive shift in the last, you know, in the last five, 10 years. Um, before that, the inquiries in, into our business were zero. Uh, now we are inundated with inquiries. Um, You know, LPG has become more expensive, electricity has become more expensive, there's less wood uh, and, you know, and and, and solid fuels available. You know, people are looking for alternatives. And when you went out there, what was he actually doing on the property and did you get a sense of how much that costs and whether that cost also makes it prohibitive? In this instance, what he was doing was rather than drilling 100 metres down, which is quite cost prohibitive, they were building wider and longer shallow trenches, which uh, have the same effect. It's just you need a lot more sort of uh, square meterage to do it. Do you think this was a satisfying answer for Don, who originally asked about big buildings? Don, and I'll confess myself, we both went into it thinking that geothermal and these systems were one and the same, but he certainly still maintains that both these systems and geothermal energy more broadly are something that Australia should be looking at. If you'd like to see what an underground heating system looks like, there are photos and video on our website, abc.net.au slash curiouscanberra. You can also add your own question and have a say in what we should answer next month. Next time on Curious Canberra, we answer a question lots of you have been asking. How long did it take to feel Lake Burley Griffin? And where did the water come from? 
Here's a memory Janet Ilchef shared. That looked really weird with all this dirt at the bottom and the walls around the edge. And there were a couple of jetties that they built and they sort of stuck out into the dust. <laughs> it looked rather odd.